Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yeah, but I, I'm really busy. I have to go uh, fix this clock that's just been way <laughs> off for so It's just been bothering me so much. I have to just go do it myself. Oh, okay. No problem. Uh, to listen to the show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, and Jason. And since we are talking about the 1967 show, by now you all know what that means. We are joined by a guest, and today I am very excited to introduce Dr. William Lester, author and creator of the paranormal horror podcast and radio network, Blackwater Media. William, how's it going? Going fantastic. Excited to talk 60 Spidey. Yeah, I am so excited to have you because I know that you have a background, not just with Spider-Man, but with this mm-hmm. show in particular. So I am curious, what is your background with Spider-Man? But but more so, what is your background with this show? So in my mind, this was my absolute entree to the character. Mm-hmm. And um, I was probably too young to be off deep into reading comic books per se at that point. Um, but it was... It was on, it was like a, it was, it was in this rotation of, it was certainly on Saturday mornings, um, really early, but then it was on like in the afternoon after school. So for years, there was never a time when it wasn't on mm-hmm. and you could always find it in somebody's cartoon rotation. And I just, I loved everything about it. I love the, I love the crazy music. I, I love the goofy uh, 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 bad guys, even the ones that were not, you know, traditionally out of the comic books. And I, I loved the way, you know, you see Spider-Man just kind of aimlessly swinging around town <laughs> and all of these, you know, it was just like, it's, I was like, how much web fluid does he have at any one time? <laughs> right. Right. And um, so it just, it was just one of those things that I saw it and I loved it and I kept on loving it. And, you know, there was a black spot for years where it wasn't on Mm -hmm. and you know right as they started everyone was getting to like vhs and that all that and said never showed up there and you know i kind of found some people that you know maybe weren't ideal means (laughs) right uh and they had it on you know vhs and Mm -hmm. you know you could you know mail order and it was really crappy shitty quality but it's all you had (laughs) yeah 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 and so then, then I think somebody came up with the idea of putting it on. You ever heard of this thing called VCD? VCD. I have VCD. I think VCD. I have it's just when you put when you put video on a CD. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And that's was, more straightforward than I expected. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like slightly better quality, uh-huh. but still shitty. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, you know, I just kind of wrestled with that until they, you know, it was officially released. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and here's the crazy thing. So I said, okay, well, it, it's finally out. I'm going to order it. It looked great. Uh, good picture quality, great sound quality, everything as I remembered. I ordered a second set uh-huh. because I, I thought to myself, you know what's going to happen. I've bought enough DVDs to know eventually it goes out of print. Oh, uh-huh. boy. And, you know, then you have guys selling it for a million dollars. Yep. Right? Yep. And so so to this day, I've got two boxes. An oh, investment piece. That is you know? exactly. I mean, And yeah. I don't think, and the, the other one, the second one I bought, I don't think, I think it's still in the shrink wrap. Oh, that oh is wow. Amazing. That is yeah. def- absolutely large because they're selling like I found used ones like on eBay at for at minimum 200 bucks for like yeah, see, a that's used not, copy. No, so not happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I love the show, but please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's that is incredible. Yeah. So every now and then I, I'll, I'll just take it out and just binge it. Yeah. Yeah. And just go from start to finish. And uh, it's just one of those things that just, you know, for me, is just it just calms the spirit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it makes for a great comfort watch. Like, it is mm-hmm. just, I mean, you know, it's like Spider-Man, but also Looney Tunes and Scooby-Doo. And it's just oh, absolutely. so pleasant to listen to and see on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally makes sense. Yeah. Now, did you uh, continue to watch animated Spider-Man as they came out with other shows? Like, did you keep up in the 80s or is like this just the one for you? You know what, dude? They had. You remember that one? Was it in the late seventies or early eighties with the Spider Man and his amazing friends? Oh remember yeah, that oh, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I watched that because it seemed to give us a lot of first time screen appearances for some characters. Yeah. Uh, that that I had never seen on screen, and you know when they had the Ice Man and they talked about his background with the X Men. And you get to see Cyclops. And a lot of these characters had never had screen time. Mm-hmm. And I think the Submariner was on there once. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I actually, Doctor Strange, I did follow that. And, but, you know, I got older, a little bit older. And, and as time went on, I was like, nah. <laughs> it, sure. it's, it's just, you know what I mean? It's not what it used to be. And it's cool. And I like this. But it, it was just... I just kind of moved away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it gets to a point where there's always, there's kind of always a series. So it gets harder to keep up with because there's more yeah. and more and more of it. Plus like, there's just something about like your first is the one that you always kind of go back yeah. to. Right. Like, so for me, the 90 show is always the one that I'm kind of like, that's where my nostalgia is, you know, cause it was the first one I saw. So I totally, totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a simplicity that I could latch on to. Mm-hmm. and and hook into and not try to keep up with you know who's coming out of this dimension and who's oh, coming yeah. out of, and, yeah. You know, you know. oh yeah yeah it is there's no, every superhero thing is like maybe a little bit overly complicated nowadays <laughs> i have to say so yeah, yeah totally get that <laughs> well this is a bit of a tangent but i don't want you to have to wait till the end of the podcast to talk mm-hmm. about the stuff that you make so um if you could tell us a little bit about blackwater media here at the top i think people would love to hear it yeah, sure. Thanks, man. You know, Blackwater Media was a thing that was like totally born out of my my love of like old time radio, mm-hmm. you know, CBS Mystery Theater, uh, my love of things like uh, The Twilight Zone and Night Gallery and, and things like that, horror anthologies. So I just created this thing where I would do these stories and it's always stories about everyday people's encounters 
with the bizarre, the unusual, the paranormal, the supernatural, the horrific. And mm-hmm. I try to do it just like old time radio. And I infuse, you know, creepy music when necessary and and all of the uh, sound effects were applicable. And so it's one of those things where you just, you know, just sit back in your chair with a drink or something and you just listen to these to these creepy encounter stories. And I mean, it <laughs> ranges from everything or whether it's some crazy creature from outer space or something like a, a you know, a werewolf or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a whole thing. And so this time of year, I traditionally kind of do seasonal themes. I just came off of doing a series of stories called Halloween Horrors. I'm now into this thing called a haunted Thanksgiving. And then Ooh. next month, of course, <laughs> next yes. month, of course, we we culminate the year with a creepy Christmas. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And so it's it's a really fun, high production time of year for for Blackwater Media. Yeah, that's amazing. And it, it's kind of perfect. It's it's the, I think this show and you sound like a perfect match because so much radio is in this 67 shows DNA. Like mm-hmm. so many of the the actors come from radio drama and that experience. Plus, like, you know, sort of everyday guy, Peter Parker running into a bizarre scenario. So obviously yeah. not usually in a horror sense, but there's definitely some crossover there. Yeah, yeah. There's it's, it's enough weird to justify. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this episode, this very episode, he's fighting shadow creatures, you know? Oh, so. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so excited about that segment. <laughs> well, Love the Phantom. Oh, yes, God. yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, I don't want to forget about our first villain here. So let's start diving into these segments. Of course, if folks want to watch along, it's not the easiest show to get a hold of. Although, if you just look for it online, it's not that hard to find. It's just that it's not legally streaming anywhere right now. So if you happen to have a dvd set or two perhaps um that's gonna be your best bet um but uh you gotta poke around to find it uh this first segment we are talking about is of course spider-man 67 season one episode 16 segment a called the vulture's prey and the synopsis per derek is j jonah jameson tries to repair a clock chaos ensues And it's so crazy. I, the, the first thing that the 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 music for the opening scene, mm-hmm. I just love that kind of you know, dan, dan, dan. it's just so yeah. I don't know what it is. And um, but so the vulture has this guy tied up. Mm-hmm. I mean, insanely tied up. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> but the thing that jumped out, it's like so you know, Spider Man comes. And I know the vultures. You know, he flies around, but I said, and Spider Man shoots his web and misses. Yep. And like, wh- yeah. when does spider-man miss serious well a lot on this show i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that's so funny and, and yeah well actually vulture vulture is interesting real quick this episode originally aired on december 23rd 1967 which is wild to me that this is like so close to christmas that this episode right. is airing of yeah. all things um but for the vulture i i didn't even recognize this until you put the note into the um notes doug that he's not voiced by the same guy he's voiced by in his last appearance which is interesting yeah he is voiced in this episode by spider-man himself paul souls so much of this episode is paul souls talking to himself in well i guess three very different voices because he has the two different ones for spider-man plus vulture um and yeah i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have realized it either cuz he does an entirely different performance. Yeah. That makes it even nuttier. I mean it's I, it's I know. It's it's he's just three way uh, mm-hmm. vocalizing here. Yeah. But he does but I do like that I I cuz I wrote it down I said he really sounds sinister crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
as the vulture. Yeah, he gets to do like full on fun villain uh, yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I like his I like his vulture performance in this. I like it yeah. a lot. Yeah, me too. So let's kind of get into what happens in this episode here. So, or at least this segment. So this one opens with a ringing burglar alarm indicating what Spider-Man says is another penthouse robbery. So we get a little bit of background there and quickly he discovers that this is happening at the hands or I guess talons of who he calls vulture man, which is turning into this beautiful thing. This show loves to do, which is add man (laughs) to the end of Spider-Man villains names like lizard man and vulture man. (laughs) And after Spider-Man fails to stop or even trail Vulture, because like you said, William, he shoots Webb and completely misses, Jameson actually just accidentally discovers Vulture's entire stash in a broken clock tower, (laughs) which Jameson finds very annoying because he has somewhere to be, uh, which is the testing of a miniature rocket. I I also like, he's like, I think I've solved the mystery of the penthouse robberies. And I'm like, I don't know that that counts as solving it when you just like found the loot, but like. Because, because, (laughs) because you were arrogant enough to think he could go up there and repair the clock right right Right. which is not part of his building it's on an entirely different block he just like has access to everything in new york city so he's like i'll go fix this (laughs) and once again spider-man uh shows that his webs can do anything yes because they become a parachute when he's falling Oh, I love a web parachute. It's one of my favorite things. So good. So good. <laughs> it's 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 so good. And and I I I think at some point later, you know, he he can even turn it into a, a propeller blade and water skis. Oh yeah, we've seen propeller blades, water skis, crowbars, swords. Right. Uh, it's an amazing event. Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, and for the record, for this episode, mm-hmm. for the record, Jameson has three phones on the desk. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Always many phones. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Perfect. (laughs) So when Jameson doesn't show up for the rocket testing, in fact, he doesn't even show up back to the office. Um, Peter and Betty get concerned and Peter goes off to the rocket testing by himself to cover it, thinking he's going to run into Jameson. But when Jameson doesn't show up there either and Vulture does... Peter suits up and unwisely webs Vulture's feet to the rocket, which of course basically makes Vulture and the rocket one uh, and Vulture more powerful than ever. And as he says, a man with wings can do anything, but a man with a rocket can do everything. <laughs> oh, so here we so here we have a situation mm-hmm. where we have a super secret military rocket, but Vulture has the control mechanism on his belt. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so it's like, how super secret was this? <laughs> yeah. If the vulture already has a built-in controller for it. A lot of people <laughs> seem to know about this rocket. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I mean, the head of the Daily rocket. Bugle is going to just witness it. And when they right. get, when we do see the military base, it's just sitting on top of like a tower. Right. Everybody walks in <laughs> and, you know, like Spider-Man webs him, you know, to the rocket. Mm-hmm. And so, so he's flying, and he's got this enormous, almost comically large bundle of dynamite sticks. And, you know, I guess the Navy's shooting at him, and he drops the bomb, and it goes off right in Spider-Man's face. Mm-hmm. And he's fine. His uniform, his costume's not tattered. He's not injured. He's just wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Vulture gets up to to like so much before that interaction even happens because he's got this rocket and he's like, no one can stop me. I have a right. rocket. That's how the world works, you guys. <laughs> you know, so he like he flies around. He's like 
hijacking helicopters, stealing right. diamonds, nearly shredding Spider-Man on helicopter blades, um, and tries to steal this whole laser gun from the Navy on a Navy ship, just causing an entire ruckus with this, you know, bundle of dynamite. Right. Um, and that's where we end up with Spider-Man and his web water skis. It's it's the best thing in the world because and obviously it's high horsepower propeller mm-hmm. uh, and he, he goes goes really really fast but like I said you know the bomb just you know the vulture drops this 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 dynamite sticks and it's just this huge explosion mm-hmm. right yeah like you said right in Spider Man's right in his face <laughs> and then he kind of comes up out of the water he's like oh he got away again mm-hmm. and that's 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 it I mean and it, it, it's it's amazing that and I guess he has superpowers but it's a bomb in your face. At the very least, you'd think his suit would be shredded. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the vulture is very incompetent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're not, neither one's really accomplishing all the goals they've set out to, no. to accomplish. <laughs> but you notice after he, what he, he steals the rocket, then he steals the diamond. Mm-hmm. He's still spider web to the rocket. Yes, this entire time he's webbed to the rocket until it becomes inconvenient, right? So, like, in that sort of dynamite Navy, like, standoff situation, that's when he's like, okay, maybe the rocket's not a great idea. I guess we'll ditch it, right? Right. (laughs) I guess I don't need it anymore. Um, And this does let him get away. So, like you said, like, he gets away again. And since Spider-Man's like, I I gotta, like, figure this out. And I gotta figure out where Jameson's been because Betty keeps reporting back that Jameson hasn't started work. He hasn't come in. It's getting later and later. Um, so he and he and Betty team up to try to figure it out. Betty finds this note on Jameson's desk about the clock tower. And so they're like, okay, maybe something's up with the clock tower. Um, so Peter heads over to the clock tower and he finds Jameson, who's been held hostage, strapped up to one of these massive clock <laughs> gears. Um, like a, bat- a Batman trap. Yeah, like yeah. a Batman trap or like full James Bond villain situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just have this image of, of Jameson at his desk stewing about the clock mm-hmm. and, and he gets so mad he writes it down and then he just leaves, slams out of the office and just <laughs> right into the vulture's clutches. Right. Yeah. right. I got to check out that clock. I don't want to forget right. to check out that clock. It, it is very funny that he like left himself a note for the thing right. that he literally decides to go and do immediately and he's and he storms up he's storming up the stairs of the tower chomping Mm -hmm. on his cigar and he's just outraged yeah (laughs) well of course peter finds this um or you know to investigate goes as spider-man he's not going in his civilian clothes and because we are nearly at the end of the segment he just immediately webs up vulture i guess the rocket really was the source of vulture's powers um he teases Jameson for being tied up and almost leaves him there, uh, but does free him and then ultimately leaves Vulture stuck on the side of the clock tower with a note, which is becoming customary for this show. And the note says, Hickory Dickory Dock, the vultures in the clock, compliments of your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Let me, I want to say something about that note. Of course. Mm-hmm. If you notice, the, the cop is reading the note through binoculars from the street level. <laughs> yep. I didn't even really think about that, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the vultures webbed up up there. Go get him. But they just they just stop to and they call back in on the radio uh and read the oh note. My god. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> they don't even go up there. And it's all you know, it's a setup thing so that you know we can get a dramatic reading of the note. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but I just I just thought that was hilarious. It's very funny. That's very yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so is this a, a particular segment, William, that you remember this. very vividly from when you started watching the show? Oh, absolutely. I I I remembered, you know, the, the whole clock tower thing mm -hmm. uh and which i thought was just insane mm -hmm. and the whole thing with the navy and oh i gotta steal the <laughs> rocket i gotta steal the diamonds yeah. and you notice he threatens the guys in the uh, helicopter by saying he'll throw these wires into their rotors <laughs> i'm like okay I'm, I'm they probably don't want him to do that but right, you know. <laughs> right. and then the other guy this naval gunner there is this huge gun. It's just boom, 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 boom. Not a scratch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not a scratch. Yeah. And so, I'll just, wow, you know, I, I'm really worried about our Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly well, the most formidable villain either. And you're yeah, not really right? able to really do much at all. Just yeah. sort of firing <laughs> randomly into the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like anti-aircraft guns. And he's mm -hmm. he's right there. Right. He's not even, he's not even miles up in the sky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the clock tower and the Navy stuff. And Derek, mm -hmm. you're usually better at, at uh, clocking this. So tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. But this segment has like a ton of assets we haven't seen. Because this show kind of recycles a lot of stuff. But I don't think we ever saw any of this clock tower set. I don't think we've seen the Navy set. So it actually is kind of like full of new stuff for our eyeballs, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, even a lot of like, I mean, considering how much this episode has Jameson in it, mm -hmm. they don't really use a lot of the typical Jameson uh, animation that they typically have. I mean, because he's normally he's sitting at his desk, so they have to draw a lot of new stuff for Jameson this time. Um, which, which I kind of noticed because we're so used to seeing the same ones of him right. answering phones and things. So <laughs> three phones in one hand. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I, yeah, this is definitely one. I, yeah. Especially this late in the season, it's actually really cool to see how much new stuff that they're, that they're creating for it. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those as a kid, when I, I started learning Spider-Man's traditional, uh, Rose gallery and mm -hmm. I said, okay, so the vulture is definitely one of these guys. Uh, who is just an ongoing nemesis to Spider-Man. Uh, and I, I I even love the way they drew him in this episode with this it just ridiculous chin. Yes. yes. And it's just, it, it's, it's he's almost like a mutated somehow by becoming yeah. the vulture. Uh, and along with, the, you know, Paul Soule's doing that really just great bad guy costume supervillain, you know, Jameson! No, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. His, just, you just can't forget it. His design in this show rules. Like, it's very simple, <laughs> but I, there's no no other character on this show has a face like him. And, like, his, right. like, constant grin that he has, it really, it really works for him. Like, he's not, like, he's not really a creepy dude in this show, but, like, there is, like, a creepiness in his constantly smiling, like, very angular face yeah. that they have for, for him. It seems like they went, they wanted to make him... He's definitely evil. Yeah. yeah. He's that, you know, not like you said, not very scary, but you can tell this guy is just, he's just full of, because he's going to kill Jameson if he can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and early on in the comics, Vulture was considered like one of the scarier villains, not because he was a scary guy, but because he could fly, right? Yeah. Like, like, how can you get to him if he's flying above the city? And I feel like this design even like it almost feels like a, a mixture of the two early vultures there were because he kind of looks mm -hmm. a little bit like an older guy, but he's a little bit beefier and angular like uh, the mobster that he sort of like taps to take over for him. So it's like this mixture of kind of old guy, but kind of like tough 
uh, ripped old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's flying around. So like on a rocket, no less. So like, what are you supposed to do? You know? Yeah. And in the end, he's very, very easily webbed up at the end. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. The show does love to do that. <laughs> I'm surprised that this segment didn't have uh, Spider-Man develop a new kind of web. You know, that's that's usually his his uh, go-to uh, move is inventing a new formula. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some kind of you know anti-flight webbing or <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, extra gravity webbing, <laughs> salt in the webs. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a really pedantic question because I was oh, very please. I was very confused by the incorrect clock and what time it was ever actually supposed to be because yeah. he says at the beginning, Jameson's like, you know, are, uh, um, mad that Betty isn't in by 10 AM, but then here's the clock chime three times. And it's like, that clock is always wrong. And then later on it clocks, I think three times or chimes, I think three times again. And that's when Peter says it's eight hours off now. So is it that JJ thought it was 10 and it was actually nine but then in that case, I'm like, Betty doesn't have to come in until 10. Like, that's kind of late for a newspaper job, but sure, okay. Like, I don't really under – like, does that make sense or not? I can't really tell. <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you what's going on here. This is, sounds like you're in the writer's room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you realize that a bunch of eight-year-olds aren't going to sit there and that's count right. it out. That's what it is. <laughs> and certainly 50 years on down the road, uh-huh. uh, people won't be putting this show up under a microscope. <laughs> You mean they didn't know podcasts were going to happen 50 years ago? <laughs> Absolutely. They didn't make the show wow. in 1967 uh, for us annoying podcasters to we're pick totally, apart? We're, we're totally <laughs> only thinking about 1967. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting, though, because I, I initially was intrigued by the idea because the way that Jameson knows it's off is by what it looks like it's saying and the number of chimes it's doing. Right. So, like, they could do something cool with that. But you're right, William. Like, they didn't think about it hard yeah. enough. No. They didn't care, but they could have done something right. cool with that. Yeah, they they needed a mechanism to get Jameson over to that clock. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And how do you, how do you get Jameson to do anything? You piss him off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Annoy oh, him that, enough. I love that. All of that. I love how in character all of that is. And I, I just like even Betty just recognizes, like you know, he just when things just don't work out correctly, he just gets really mad. That's just who he is. Right. It's like mm -hmm. that checks out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was shocked that in like maybe two minutes or less. We already know like where Vulture's going, what he's doing, every like all of his motives. Like like you said, Derek, mystery solved. He solved the mystery. <laughs> like right. ninety <laughs> seconds into the episode, two yeah. minutes into the episode. Uh, it's like there's a whole nother episode we didn't see that happened before this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really they really crunch it down and and I get mm -hmm. it. And you know, this is this is a thing. I, I wanted to be sure I mentioned this tonight because yeah. a lot of people don't understand that in in the 60s and i think deep into the 70s this kind of stuff was thought of as strictly throwaway stuff for kids mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. and and so what happened you know television wise it was it wasn't allotted any kind of budgeting or any kind of scheduling oh, it was just yeah. the bare minimum and so you know when you take into consideration what they had to work with mm -hmm. yeah I think it's an amazing thing. It's hard to understand now because, you know, Marvel is, what is it, Disney and, mm -hmm. you know, DC Comics is Warner Brothers and there's millions and skillions of dollars at their disposal. It wasn't like that then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And even now, just even just the technology that they can use to make this yeah. stuff makes 
you know, everything at least smoother, certainly not yeah. necessarily easier, but certainly smoother. And I think that right there is exactly what makes this show really impressive when it does something especially cool mm-hmm. because of those circumstances, you know? So, like, the fact that they do have a whole new set, the fact that the Vulture does move the way that he does, the fact that we do get every once in a while some cool, like, web-crawling scenes or, like, fun web constructs, like, it makes it even cooler because you know what the circumstances are. And you know that there weren't really stakes. So yeah. them doing cool stuff right. is just them wanting to do cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ab- no, absolutely. And so, so yeah, again, a fun episode. I definitely remembered it. And I, when I rewatched it, I was re kind of, I don't know, reminded of like the, that crazy voice and, you know, <laughs> the vulture and it's like, oh yeah, he sounds, yeah, he's really just a nut. Right? It, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lots of fun. I just love anything that has the sus Jameson in it. I love, I love the 67 shows version of Jameson. He's such a yeah. fun curmudgeon. And I, I, I like that, that the rec- that the writers kind of recognize that too. And it's like, let's just give him a whole episode. I mean, and it's so smart to have, if he's in it, if he's like the most powerful journalist in New York, then having him sort of like be pumped for information by a villain in it for an episode is like a really smart position to put him in. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. And also just like, Seeing him like tied up and like having to like constantly avoid a pendulum almost hitting him back <laughs> and forth. Why did he move? So funny. He was tied up. He wasn't tied down. Just move. He was just kind of sitting, sitting there, like just periodically moving when the pendulum swung yeah, his move. So You're funny. in a massive room, Jameson. Go elsewhere. Move so three funny. inches. By the way, talking. and by the way, Jameson, you you told the vulture where the rocket was going to be. Yep. You told the vulture where the diamonds are going to be, yep. and so you know you've you've got to learn when to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's he must be he was ruining so many newspaper contacts throughout this. Like, no one is ever going to trust him ever again. Oh yeah, bridges burned left. And he's right. always concerned about being scooped right. by other paper, but you're doing it right. Yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> so funny. So funny. So funny. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just had a couple of faces of the episodes that I pulled from this. And again, it's all Jameson. I love Jameson. I think because they're drawing a lot of new stuff for him, um, they're they're just drawing great faces for him the whole time. Mm-hmm. I love what he's like kind of re- rebutting uh, the vulture, talking to it, like, you know, trying to, I think, initially asking for information or whatever. He's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. And just this, the, is, the, this is when he doesn't have time for the vulture. That's what it's like. Is. I have a place to be right now. I can't deal with super villains. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> tell yeah. me more, Jameson. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the just the funny face of like the super long neck that they draw on him. And that is yeah, is amazing. very funny. And then, of course, his big toothy smile that he gives Spider-Man <laughs> at the end. It's amazing. so unnatural on him. It's so good. I love oh, it so much. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. And he goes stuff. back to the office and, you know, he's going to write the story up like he captured the vulture. Right. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. Right. He thwarted Spider-Man to get right. to Vulture to capture him exactly. and deliver him to the police. Exactly. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh. 
Well, I'm really excited to talk about this next segment. Yes. Um, this one, it is uh, Spidey 67, season one, episode 16, of course, segment B, entitled The Dark Terrors. <gasps> the synopsis per me is Spidey faces shadows created by one of our favorite 67 villains. Not that I wanted to speak for you, Doug, but I have to imagine. I think it's agree. very clear that this is one of my favorite 67 villains. Yeah. I So I, I luckily didn't look at any synopses or any sort of details about this segment before I watched it. And actually, Derek, you were there when I was first watching it. Mm-hmm. And my reaction to learning who the villain was for this was just like shrieking joy. I, <laughs> I love this villain so much. So I was so glad to have him back. We get reintroduced to the Fifth Avenue Phantom. Um, right. And uh, once again, voiced by a different person than the originator. So originally, Max Ferguson voiced the Fifth Avenue Phantom. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, he is voiced by Alfie Scop, who uh, was the voice of Stan Patterson in The Spider and the Fly. So gotcha. one of the Fly twins. It's it's funny because that means he's basically, he's essentially like the Fifth Avenue Phantom in like name and appearance only because he's a different yeah. voice actor. His power set is completely different. And completely different. From the, from the first episode he appeared in. No, yep. no really at all but sure i'll go that just makes them more fun to me that he's mm-hmm. just has no set powers just unpredictable villain i guess yeah <laughs> i'm upset william i th- i <laughs> genuinely think fifth avenue phantom is my favorite 67 original villain with maybe parafino giving like a run for phantom oh, money. Yeah. Oh, i love those yeah. two so much and there's just something about the phantom and Parafino being these sort of like tangentially horror-like villains, where if you really wanted to do a sincere version of them, they could both be genuinely scary bad guys. Well, I it's love clear that, that about them. It's clear that the Phantom likes to keep it kind of strange and creepy because yeah. you know in the early episode he had kind of these really creepy mannequin robot yes, women yeah so much with the like <laughs> and, piercing creepy right, eyes you know? right and so and so here he just goes straight creepy with these shadow mm-hmm. creatures and i love the fact that th- there's no real explanation about nope. how he's doing no, it. not, not even a not, little bit. not not even and these things have you know they're shadows but they're like three-dimensional i have to say this that the spider-man gets his ass beat all through this episode oh like, yeah uh, by these yeah. various creatures and it's just so funny and it's you know the, the, it starts off with the what is it the 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 tiger shadow mm-hmm. yeah yeah and spider-man shoots his web and it hits the wall and it sounds like a bullet <laughs> and I'm like what is, what is there was a previous guest pointed out that like because this cartoon is one the first and like two so shortly after the comic started like yeah. It's clear that no one really knew what the web was supposed to sound like because it sounds like bullets. It sounds like springs. It sounds like air. It sounds like water. <laughs> like it just depends on the episode what foley or sound effect they decide to use. It's so funny. <laughs> so he starts off with the forty-four cal webs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's all the different formulas. Different formulas, different sounds. Ooh, you know? Okay. You know <laughs> this tiger, this tiger Goodbye. shadow takes its paw. And just swipes the shit out of Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. this episode opens with basically like no one around except Betty Brant, right? So you hear right. this like piercing scream and Spider-Man's like, that's weird. It's so hot out that no one should be around. Right. Oops, it's Betty. And she's being attacked by this shadow shaped like a panther or a tiger. And like you said, despite his webs 
uh, despite having his webs and apparently bullet webs, they don't do anything. But he's he's certain something's there because his spider sense is is telling him it's not fake, it's not an illusion. Something is there, and it it swats him in the head, uh, oh, confirming yes, in <laughs> fact, there is something there. <laughs> and he didn't stop to Betty. Why are you with your back up against the wall in a deserted alley? Yeah, you know <laughs> randomly. What? Yeah, you know, why is she there? <laughs> here's here's my theory. My theory because I was wondering like why is Betty Brant the only person out on a day that is so hot that it is seemingly dangerous for people to be out? The only explanation is that she's forced to go into work when no one else is, right? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. she's the only person who works for Jameson full time apparently right. in this show. <laughs> That it's like him, out. her, and a freelance photographer. At this incredibly <laughs> large daily newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah. we don't have any of the other employees that we get used to eventually. Like, we have no Robbie. We have no Foswell. We have no Ned. Like, no one else works at the Bugle in this show. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. four phones on the desk this time for James. Yeah, they just keep multiplying, you know? <laughs> four. Well, unsurprisingly, when Betty reports the story of the shadow panther slash tiger to Jameson, he doesn't believe it. But when he gets call after call about other beastly shadows on his four phones, um, and these shadows are all terrorizing the city, he's like, okay, maybe something is in fact going on. Hey, Peter Parker, how about you go figure it out? And so Peter's like, I guess so, suits up as Spider-Man, and uh, starts to investigate. And while he doesn't learn who's behind it, we do pretty quickly. It's the return of the Fifth Avenue Phantom, and he's using some sort of new technology, a combination of different devices, to make and control these dangerous shadows um, from far away and monitor their deeds remotely. So, a shadow scope. Yeah, a shadow scope. Yes, yes. That explains um, it. <laughs> and, and clearly, he commandeered the CCTV system from the plotter. Uh, because he also can see everything happening throughout the city like the plotter could. (laughs) All over town, the jewelry store, everything. Everywhere. You know, I didn't go back to see if it's like literally the same uh like machine because i wouldn't be surprised if it were like why would they draw a whole new machine if they don't have to right Um, right. but i forgot to check (laughs) yeah no one knew that new york city has been a surveillance state since 1967 yeah Yeah, clearly because he just he just toggles back and forth Mm -hmm. between locations like i can be here see there and it's it's hilarious and he holds and you see how the shadow scope actually works you hold it up to your face yes yes and you make shapes with your hands like you're Seven years old, right? On the so wall, funny, right? and they so come to life. Funny. The cobra, which but it's it's extra funny because sometimes the shapes like make sense. Like I like I can sort of see if you're good at at doing hand puppets or shadow puppets, you can make it. But then you know, right. then you get like a tank later on in the episode. Then it's just like right. well, I don't understand how your powers work at all, but right at all. They're, they're also not. What's funny about like the shadows and the I guess seeming logistics is he's like you described it perfectly, William, but he's not doing it. Like, uh, he's not casting the shadow on the city. He's casting the shadow on his screen that he is watching. And yeah. it then somehow ends up in the city. Like, it's so, so weird. And it's and they are, like, free-roaming shadows. It's not, right. like, it's not like you can see the trail of the shadow and, like, follow it back to his weird little, like, yeah. hideout somewhere. It's... <laughs> It's so goofy. It's very much like the Pandora's box thing where it's like, I don't know what's happening, uh, but it's working out really well for you. Well, one of the shadows, he's got like the shadow gorilla. Mm-hmm. 
and it's just it's just walking around and it's that it hasn't stolen yeah. anything and it's just <laughs> walking and walking and it just gorilla walks into the into his headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. first of all, are these shadows like sentient? Like, did he just like create living creatures? It's, oh my god! Yeah, right. There's a whole other pan of worms. But also, like, it's almost like his hand shadow puppeting is like yeah. casting a spell, essentially, like to create yeah. them elsewhere. Because yeah, because it's not like Spider Man stops him by stopping his hands from moving or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's I love the idea that it's a combination of magic and tech, right? We see yeah, the tech, yeah. but there's enough that's not explained that you can assume there's magic as well. And that's always a fun combination, I think. I think so, too. Well, because doesn't the Phantom, you know, when he talks, you know, his eyes flash when he talks. Yes. Only. And so, you, <laughs> and it makes you wonder, and I, I'm glad they never, show you, they never show you what's under the hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise, he would be just kind of like, you know, Colonel Gum in a cape. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and but you never see what is so is he some kind of mystical doctor strange type guy yeah i don't know the only thing we ever see and i don't think i really i might have noticed this the first time but derek you pointed out this time like all you ever see of him is his hands right the only thing that's revealed is his hands you know that he has human hands yeah (laughs) yeah unless he's wearing human skin gloves just say yeah Yeah. like flat like yeah human human skin (laughs) flesh gloves yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) could be and he also like he don't i I don't even feel like he did this as like i know it was a different voice actor i don't think Mm -hmm. the first actor did this as much in the previous episode like he's almost doing like a boris karloff kind of thing with his voice exactly but like a little bit more nasally like he's really going for like the ooh, i'm a phantom (laughs) now another example of my power yeah 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 I feel like as this season went on, we got better and better villain voices. I don't I know so if that's a coincidence because oh, I don't know what the production order of things was, but it, it, it kind of went from every villain sounding the same to like everyone having their own flamboyant twist, you know, yeah, for sure. So Spider-Man somehow there's this part where he finds the Phantom's hideout and he talks about not wanting to, you know, break the window because it's loud. Oh my gosh. So he he shoots his web <laughs> onto the glass to deaden the sound, uh-huh. punches the window, mm-hmm. and then there's this ear-splitting sound of breaking glass. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Now, my question is, why doesn't he just make a crowbar? Why doesn't he just make something to pry the window open with his web? Because we know what his web can do. You've shown us. <laughs> Right. I'm also pretty, Anything. pretty sure that's the second time in this show where we, I don't remember what the previous episode was, but I think it is the second time that we've seen him open a window by shooting web on it, punching it, and then just lifting it open somehow. <laughs> because if you break so the glass, goofy. a window unlocks. That's yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the handle's only on the inside, you know? It's so good. <laughs> so so far we've seen a tiger shadow we've seen yes. oh we forgot the boxer yes there's a boxer he like oh my shadow, god literally shadow boxes on a roof uh the the phantom sort of fools him with his own shadow um at one point the phantom makes a cobra that he uses to burglarize a jewelry store spider-man actually sees this happen and is like okay I don't know what these are, but maybe I can figure out where they're coming from. And since Fifth Avenue Phantom has his cameras everywhere, apparently, he's like, well, now that Spider-Man's going to come looking for me, I should get him first. And this is where we get our gorilla situation, right? Oh, my Um, God. We get this weird little aside, though, where Peter, as Peter, like not as Spider-Man, as Peter goes to talk to like a police sergeant. 
I, I guess he gets the location of another heist, but it's a really weird like side um point yeah, like I, it doesn't really... we don't see that guy again and we've never seen him before <laughs> yeah, never he's like i'm gonna go to him with my old friend sergeant o'brien and it's like yeah well, never needed to do this before peter but okay <laughs> yeah it's just sort of a weird tangent it's almost like they're trying it out to see maybe we can use this guy in the future and it's like nah. <laughs> yeah right. yeah yeah i'm okay with them leaving him on the on the cutting room floor for the for yeah. other episodes it really doesn't, doesn't add a whole lot yeah. <laughs> but now yeah, I, I was you know i forgot about remember the tank Mm-hmm. the the shadow tank it's it's so weird because so the tank is chasing spider-man but down the longest alley ever built yes <laughs> yeah. and it's like and they have to if you look at the sides of the they're not like alley walls mm-hmm. they look like like the corridors of some 70s video game like if you're if yeah. you're doing like pole position or something <laughs> yeah. it's like they just they're just like gaming walls mm-hmm. yeah and then and then he realizes, oh, you know what? I've got my handy dandy spider flashlight. Yes. And that should neutralize. Just randomly, he realized this will neutralize the shadows. Yes. Yeah. And so it was like, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean. Yeah, I can. I see the logic makes sense. I mean, yeah. as much as it can, you know. It, it <laughs> right. seems like a, a mild oversight on the part of the Phantom uh, to allow light to destroy your shadows when you're making them in the middle of the day. But, oh, you know, yeah. maybe a, a certain concentration of light <laughs> is required. The, yeah, like the, the sun, regular sunlight, nah, that does nothing. It's no. got to be a be- beam of mm-hmm. light directly at it. And that's yeah. what does it, yeah. A special spider flashlight. Flashlight you know? that he pulls directly from the front of his crotch pocket. Well, right. <laughs> okay, but Derek, we know that yeah. in these shows, the only place superheroes and supervillains can have pockets is in their crotch. Truly wild We've seen how it time often, and time again. It's the truly, only place you can store things. Truly wild how often that comes up in so many different cartoons. Yeah, and it's 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 because of course Batman has a copyright on utility belts. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So, Everyone else no one's no one's allowed to use utility belts. We all got to stuff stuff in our crotches. But in, in the Spider-Man 67 universe, why not? Flashlight yeah. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, sure. Is that a flashlight? Are you just happy to see me? Oh, it is a flashlight. It's, oh, okay. oh, sorry. It's actually a flashlight. <laughs> What's funny is, what, like, he could have had his little belt light. I'm sure in the comics he had did, it at this point. Did that exist this early? I, I guess feel like it was, it was pretty 60s. early. I feel like it was pretty I early. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of surprising they didn't just throw it, because, I mean, that's always fun. So it's yeah. kind of surprising. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I guess it is easier to do a regular regular flashlight. So plus it was a bit more of a surprise for him to just pull out a flashlight. <laughs> I often I often wondered how much, you know, like with shows like this, with mm-hmm. Batman 66, whatever, I often wondered how much of the show was driving the comics and then vice versa. Oh yeah. And and with something like this, it's so hard to tell, right? Because they were happening yeah. like this happened so, so, so early right. in the life of Spider-Man. Um, that sometimes you wonder like, okay, did they even like, were they even aware of some of the things that the comic was doing? Because there's not that much of it yet. And maybe right. it's only happened one time. It's not considered, like, a Spider-Man thing yet. Yeah. 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 So. And they're too, you know, what what the comics were, even by, by 67, um, are so radically different in tone than what this mm-hmm. show is. Like, they're just kind of trying to do, to, at least during the first season. I know the second season, they at least do more, like, you know, half-hour stories and stuff, though it's still... It's, plenty wacky like tonally wise (laughs) oh they just don't really seem to be going for the same types of stories anyway so it i I would be curious if 
if the writers from either, you know, property really ever, ever, uh, you know, fed into the other at all, or if it was just kind of staying in their own lanes, you know, just doing their own things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause after the first season, it got bonkers. I can't wait. I can't wait. So I I'm watching all of these for the first time, William. So I am so excited to eventually get to, to the point where it goes off the rails. Oh, absolutely. I'm very pumped. (laughs) So, okay. So you mentioned the gorilla. The gorilla ends up leading Spider-Man to the Phantom's hideout. He breaks this window, makes his way inside, and we get this face-off between spider powers and a pair of glasses, basically. (laughs) We learn that the glasses don't just make shadows that serve the Phantom. They also cast deadly beams that apparently turn... Things, people, Spider-Man into shadows if they touch it. That's what he says. I wonder if he was speaking metaphorically because he, when he shoots the beams at Spider-Man's webbing, it looks like it just like burns them and like singes them. (laughs) They're smoking. So I think maybe he meant like shadow super high up, or he just meant like turns to shadows as in when it shoots at you, you're just going to be like a shadow of soot left on the ground. (laughs) I don't know. Could be. Could be. Yeah. It's crazy. He gets. Uh, he is this giant crate, and then there's just the shadow octopus squeezing the, oh, the crate. Oh, yes, love, love the octopus. Me and, too. And, and so that fails. And and I, how, how does Spider Man? In he's incapacitated just by having one foot stuck in a broken section of the floor. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, he, why? He why sure are you is. stuck there? Yep. <laughs> Man with spider strength and agility is, right. just can't get your toe out of a yeah. little hole in the floor. <laughs> it's just bonkers. And then, yeah. and then he then he gets then he takes his. He's so concerned about shooting those glasses that he takes mm-hmm. his, he takes one hand, his web shooting hand. He takes his other hand and he holds it like he's aiming a gun <laughs> to get this get off this perfect shot. Mm-hmm. And then then you have the mud webs. Oh my god! Uh, oh, to to yes. muddy up his his goggles. Yes, and it's just oh my god. Yep, yeah. it's just yep. it's awesome. Classic yeah. move he learned battling Doc Ock. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, Beautiful. so the the problem with these glasses is that they're doing too much, and so ultimately they obstruct Phantom's vision, which allows Spider Man to do the mud web thing, and then as these segments tend to go, pretty quickly web up the Phantom and deliver him to the police. Of course, with a note. And in this case, it doesn't end with the note. It ends with a Betty and Jameson segment where Jameson is still kind of like uh, scoffing at the idea of living shadows, walks into his office, sees a shadow, jumps under his desk. Turns out it is just the shadow of a tiny spider in his window. And Betty laughs at him with the wildest face she's ever made. Mm, Yeah. The weirdest, the weirdest looking cartoon spider ever. That's so true. The makers of this show could not, for a whole season, wrap their head around the idea that spiders have eight legs (laughs) on his costume, on the tracers that he puts on people, the one in the window, the shadow. None of them have eight legs. Look, Doug, making a cartoon is a lot of work. They're hand drawing these. Those two extra lines. It, it would just take yeah. so much out of them. Those two saving, legs cost a lot. Yeah, saving you know? time and money, man. Lots of time, <laughs> lots of people resources. Oh my god! I just thought, I almost said, "What is?" I said, "What is that thing?" On? It's, it's a it's a little Spider Man sixty seven real spider. Yeah. yeah, 
Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what they look like. Jumps sure. right off of his back and onto the window. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is a, such a fun one. I love this one. It's Me too. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> and I think it's the it's the last appearance of the Shadow, I mean, of the Phantom, sadly. Yeah, that's uh, so uh, devastating. Because yeah. if he kept coming back with a new plot and a new gear or a new power every time i would never get sick of it that would be my favorite weird creepy phantom gimmick ever yeah yeah (laughs) or like you do there's one episode if why not do a phantom parafino team up yeah where just you get enormous evil you understand everything i want from this show (laughs) (laughs) that's what i want to see Oh my gosh. Yeah, also, absolutely. okay, now imagine a world where uh whatever powers or whatever gear or whatever Phantom was using to animate his mannequins, he used on Parafino's uh like gallery of monsters. Like he exactly. stole the gallery of <gasps> monsters and Holy and crap. like Paraf- like it, it became like a Parafino versus Phantom thing where like Parafino's trying to get his his monsters back. Like that would be awesome. Oh, that rules. <laughs> exactly. So much potential. Yes, I love but it. But it just but again, it just, you know, back then, you know, I keep saying, you know, back then, mm-hmm. it was just these kind of things uh, would never have occurred to me then as a kid. It was just like, oh, that's cool. Oh, it's the Phantom, who's mm-hmm. the next bad guy. And it's and it's so funny to just move through time <laughs> so far. And to be able to say, oh, you know, they could have done this. They could have done that. Mm-hmm. The truth is they were never going to do any of the things we're saying. <laughs> sure. Oh, because sure. just the way they were expecting people to watch it and how much, uh, you know, it was going to show on different channels, different times, all this sort of stuff. Like they weren't expecting anybody to sit down and binge it. That wasn't even a thing people were using as right. a term for television. Right. Plus, no. like. I think just the fact that we get a second Parafino episode, just the fact that we get a second Phantom episode, like that was what was exciting. It wasn't the big sort of crossovers, multi-dimensional things. It's just, oh, we got a we got a Phantom sequel. Like that's awesome, you know? Yeah. That's the cool surprise is that they did another Phantom episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how you reward the fans. Like, oh, you've seen every episode. You get it. To, you get to recognize this villain who's coming back a second yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. 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 And look, it worked on me. I was stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they, yeah, they, they, in their, in their own way, they have a, a little thread of continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, the Phantom, he's back. Yeah. yeah. Which means, I'm okay, impressed. he was, yeah. You know. Yeah. There, there, there are now, I think, like a handful of characters and not, not the standard rogues gallery of characters, like 67 original characters who have made two appearances each in this show. We've got Dr. Smarter appears more than once. Mm-hmm. Phantom appears more than once. Um, uh, Parafino appears more than once. The Maharaja appears more than once. Like big and small characters do continue to, or not continue, but show up more than once, which is honestly more than I was expecting from this show. For so sure, yeah. I love, I love that. That was a thing that was a, a pleasant surprise to me. Yeah. I think this, the, like, and, and there's like little artful things that the show does. I mean, this show is art, period, I will say, just oh, across 100%. the board. But, but there are like kind of extra artful things that it does that I, that I'm always like pleasantly surprised by. Like this episode, it's an episode about shadows. It opens with a uh, focus on Spider-Man's shadow as he's swinging. And that's oh, just yeah. an extra little animation thing that they drew that they didn't need to do. That's just, you know, a, a fun, uh, a fun way to sort of tie it all together thematically. Um, and, you know, it's, it's the kind of stuff for like, 
yes, they're working on a budget. They're using a lot of recycled animation and everything like that. But like, they do still clearly care about the thing that they're making and making it as well as they can under their limitations. And, 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 you know, I think you see it with, with little uh, segments like this that are just full of fun, new, fascinating stuff, but still little rewards if you've been watching the show for a while. Sure. They want to have fun too. You yeah. Know? I love it. Yeah, and if you if you look at if you look at the kind of action adventure animation of that era, this is as good as any of them. Sure, uh, I, because I mean I'm a big fan. You know, I loved Johnny Quest, mm. and you know all of the action adventure kind of little yeah. boy cartoons of that era. I loved this. This was on par. With, if you sit down and just kind of parse them all out, this was as good as any of them. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks a lot different today because we've seen everything now. Right. Yeah. We've yeah. we've seen things overdone, right? Yeah, I mean, I would even go as far as to say that, like, I think it's it's better than some contemporary stuff that you know. I remember seeing, I remember seeing, you know, like Hanna Barbera cartoon reruns um, on Cartoon Network in the early '90s, and I got to watch a lot of stuff that was a little bit that was more contemporary to this show at the time. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that as much as I love a lot of Hanna Barbera stuff. I feel like there's a lot more laziness in those cartoons than there ever was in this one. Even Spider-Man is better than Birdman. Yeah. I mean, even, I would say so for sure. And like, even within <laughs> the recycled animation and stuff that this show has, it was never kind of to the, there's right. like a certain cheapness that a lot of cartoons had to have at the time. And I mm-hmm. think some creators were able to sort of work within those constraints better than others. And I think this show like really creates some genuinely cool art that, other contemporary cartoons at the time just weren't doing uh you know just based on like the really fascinating sort of like jazz musical choices they were making oh yeah just the wild things that they would draw that you know nothing looks on model on this show people have the weirdest faces and body proportions sometimes but it makes the show like so visually interesting at all times like it is never boring to look at at any given time and and i think that that there's something special about that Oh, oh yeah for sure yeah and and like you said, the you know that's another thing. I've never forgotten any of that kind of really jazzy, occasionally funky music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's so I don't good. get tired of the music on this show. Like ever. I yeah. I I, uh, I don't dislike the music of the '80s shows, but I get tired of it pretty quick because I hear it over and over <laughs> yeah. and over. This is just much more fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. especially when he goes on. You know, when he goes on one of those swinging montages where he's yes. just like. Yep swinging forever yeah yeah it's it's great music absolutely yeah. <laughs> very very good stuff i was so excited to see phantom mm-hmm. love it mm-hmm. now i get to work on my phantom cosplay <laughs> gotta... yes yes <laughs> gotta well there won't be much to it that's the, the great thing yeah purple jumpsuit purple jumpsuit cape, cape with a hood it's so, the uh, lights you know. it's like the yeah. the, the shining the eye lights that are the challenge but i think you yeah. can make, there's enough cosplay technology out there that i think you can make something <laughs> out of that blinking lights in your in your face cosplay technology (laughs) yeah it would be really i i i say this all the time i don't actually cosplay but i say that i want to this character it would be so funny if my first cosplay ever was the fifth avenue phantom a villain so few people know (laughs) yeah but here's the thing that's how you really make friends right because then you go somewhere and like a very small percentage of people will know what it is but you're friends with them immediately Yes. (laughs) and i don't think i've ever seen that i don't think i've ever seen a fifth avenue phantom i don't think i've ever seen i mean who would right Right. (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so right. I just love these villains. I think they're so great. Do, I, I know I know we talked about these particular segments, but William, since mm-hmm. you're so familiar with the show, like mm-hmm. I love talking about the 67 original villains, the ones that really mm-hmm. never make it out of the show or rarely make it out of the show. Do you have other favorites uh, from this show that just never went on to be part of the rogues gallery, but have like a special seven or 67 place in your heart? Definitely. Well, you know, we, we talked a few times about Parafino, which love I just him. think love Parafino. Um, I think the, who's the guy, well, I guess he is, a, he's an original, the, the doctor, who's the guy who creates the scorpion. Remember that guy? Oh. Dr. Stillwell. Mm-hmm. Was that still, is he's, yeah. he's in the comics though, right? He is in the he comics. Is. Yeah. He okay. Uh, but the aliens from Pluto. Yes. The ice dudes. <laughs> yes. They're good. Yes. They're yeah, very good. They're cool. I just, that was just, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Right? Oh you know? man. Yeah, that was an early episode. We haven't talked about them in a while. Yeah, I think that oh, was they're part fun. of the first episode, actually. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Sub-Zero for Spidey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the, yep. in the first episode. Yeah, I, I love, yeah, love it, yeah. love it. I love very first episode, like those segment is just about aliens from Pluto. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so indicative uh, of the show. <laughs> so, so, so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's that's I just love the whole idea of like, you know, they're okay. Well, they come from Pluto, so it's going to be cold ice Mm -hmm. naturally. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Big big ice giants. Why not? Yeah. Love love that. Good. Good Um, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I I had a couple of faces the episode that I pulled from this. We already talked about one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. The first one when spidey is fighting just like the shadow man it's just mm-hmm. a shadow boxer basically there's one bit you know is is as, as wild as the art gets on the show sometimes it is rare when they go like full looney tunes and they right. really do in that fight because it's a full-on like rock'em sock'em robot moment where the shadow punches <laughs> spidey in the head and it's like stretches his neck so far above his body like it was like the guy whose head fell off in the thing yes oh, oh my, my god. god yes yes <laughs> oh it's like this extraordinary extension uh yeah oh my god it, that's a great scene so oh my good. gosh so good. horrifying <laughs> uh, amazing um, the other one I pulled, we already talked about it. Just the, they just, they did Betty so dirty in that last scene where she's <laughs> laughing at Jameson's misfortune and somebody did not like her. Somebody, somebody was very mad at Betty Brandt at the moment. Cause I, it's terrible. <laughs> not, not her greatest moment. Very unflattering look. Yeah. It's, 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 it, you know, when you think about it, it's a, it's a wonder. She just keeps working there. Seriously, it's, it's it's she's just derided and belittled, and uh, oh my god, that pay must be amazing, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Great I benefits. Do, <laughs> I love one thing about this Betty though is she does dish it back, and that makes her one of my favorites. I yeah. love she. Oh she yeah, loves to poke fun at Jameson as much as he is a terrible boss. Um, and you know, every time she puts her hands on her hips, yep, mm-hmm. and she's about to just give it to somebody, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And I think she knows she'll never be fired because she's too good at her job. So she can kind of say whatever she wants to Jameson. He probably respects her even more for it, to be honest. And he won't remember anyway. He won't remember. Right. 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 (laughs) Great stuff. Great stuff. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh Well, that's that's all I got. Anybody else have any spare uh, dangling thoughts about this episode or the show in general right now? No. 
I just love the Phantom. I just think I just think the the shadows, the whole the whole bit. I think it's it's so mm. it's so Phantom like. It's so it's so perfect for the character that he would, you know, go on a crime spree by using like living shadows, which is a pretty good comic book sci-fi idea. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing, and it, and and it kind of feels like. It kind of feels like the show they're they're getting their legs as a show now. They mm-hmm. know what the show is. Yeah. And so yeah, it's bonkers. It's a little campy. We're just gonna just go with it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm ready to go with them for sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my well, gosh. William, thank you so much for joining us to talk about these two segments. I, I love these segments. I, we've we've been on like a pretty decent streak here of uh, mm-hmm. of, of great uh, sixty seven segments and great sixty seven guests. So I appreciate you joining us um, and chatting about this show. Um, if people want to find you and um, your stuff, where would they do that? Well, if if people really want to find me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Everything, you know, our, our, my home base is blackwatermedia.net, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, there's a Blackwater Media uh, YouTube channel. Just type in Blackwater Media, I'll come up. And also, um, if you just type my name in, William Lester, on Twitter, uh, you'll see all of the things uh, that have been put out uh, going back. I don't know however long I've been on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely go check out the Halloween horrors things. Um, we're just doing the Thanksgiving ones. But yeah, those three things, BlackwaterMedia.net, uh, Blackwater Media YouTube channel, and my name on Twitter, and I'm all over the place there. Yeah, fantastic. Everybody, please check that stuff out. It is very, very cool. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, also, you guys can check more stuff out for me and Derek all over the place. Uh, we've got a Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We've got a Discord where you can chat about all sorts of stuff with us. Um, there should be a link in the show notes. And you can find us individually. Derek, where can people find you and the stuff you are working on? Sure. You can find me at Derek B. Gale on Twitter. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. Find it anywhere you get your podcasts or on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. And if you like Pokemon stuff, particularly Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which we are in the midst of talking about, you can listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. If you like books and video games, you can listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where my friend Katie and I catch up on all of the books and video games we've been consuming lately. Uh, Check out our monthly podcast that Derek and I do called Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Lightyear is out now wherever you get your podcast which means we have talked about every Pixar film that is currently out so you can do the whole 26 movie marathon with us um because we, we we did them all everyone <laughs> yep, we did. we're just we're just waiting for the next one <laughs> and it's gonna be a while <laughs> so check that out uh you can find that on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com along with a full archive of all the stuff derek and i are working on together as well as these uh faces of the episode yeah. you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing, somebody else will too, and they just haven't 
found us yet. Next week, we get a twofer of major Spidey villains when Doc Ock and Green Goblin both return in the terrible triumph of Dr. Octopus and Magic Malice. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. No living menace is more unbeatable than Doc Ock. But when he also uses a deadly stolen weapon against me, how can one lonely little Spider-Man survive? Unless a miracle occurs, it's bye-bye Spidey in The Terrible Triumph of Dr. Octopus. is fighting a magician who can make mincemeat of my spider power. And when that magician happens to be the Green Goblin, you'd better not miss the battle royal that's coming up next. Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches seeds just like flies Look out, here comes the Spider-Man is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome, fame, he's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big hang-up. Wherever there's a hang-up, you'll find a spider.